All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Awakening Together Community Guest Satsang Roundtable Discussion Podcast. Um, in case you're wondering, what is a satsang interview? Um, it is basically a gathering of people in the company of truth. Um, Awakening Together hosts monthly satsang interviews, and this month's satsang interview was with Tama Keeves. Tama Keeves is a graduate of Harvard Law School who worked as a corporate attorney when she heard The Voice and left to become a writer. Today, a best-selling author, international speaking catalyst, and visionary success coach, she shares how to use the foremost principles of A Course in Miracles to thrive in your calling and life. If you'd like to learn more about Tama Keeves, you can visit her website at www.tamakeeves.com. That's T-A-M-A-K-I-E-V-E-S.com. Following her talk, some of the practitioners from the Awakening Together community gathered to discuss first, what we learned, second, what internal questions arose, and finally, new ways of being that we might put into practice as a result of the satsang. If you'd like to learn more about Awakening Together, please visit awakening-together.org for our YouTube channel under the same name. And with that being said, I would just like to pose the first question. So what were your takeaways? What really stood out for you in the crux of the interview? I can go. Thank you. Uh, first, I'd like to say the interviewer was absolutely fabulous, did an excellent job. My goodness, yes. Um, anyway, takeaways, I would say um, her saying that this is not a linear journey. This is a moment-to-moment journey. And it's so easy for me to forget that, that it's just moment to moment instead of projecting from into the future or projections from the past and just stay present moment to moment. Um, and then she uses a statement about um, once this is different, I will be saved. We're always in this thought that as soon as this changes in my life, I will be saved. And um, I have said that for over 60 years. And um, <laughs> somehow I still don't understand. It's not true. <laughs> um, and then I think um, a couple statements she made um, not what I think I can do. It is what I'm willing to do. And, you know, I get so excited. She's very inspiring and you get so excited. Yes, I can do this. And yes. And then what, what am I actually willing to do? And there's a total difference there because inspiration can fade, but what am I willing to do moment to moment to make um, what I want happen? Yeah. So those are a few of mine. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that sharing. 
I had, please just feel free to take the mic. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, you know, she, like Roger Castillo, our satsang guest from last month, um, what I came away with overall is just this, the sense that everything's okay. <laughs> this, this sense that it's always been okay. It's going to be okay. And that, and that real, um, the point she really drove home for me again and again, because she is, her life is basically a testament to it. Um, is that we have everything we need. Um, and, you know, I can't hear that enough because mind can hyper-focus on some circumstance, some situation, some feeling, and that seems like that's all there is. That's all there is. And the invitation I heard from her is to relax, is to take a breath, is to really linger in the pause and ask, and then linger in the pause that comes after asking. Um, you know, we get our, I get myself to the point where I, oh God, I remember I can ask for help. What is it you'd have me know? Or how is it you would have me see this? And of course, I'm just asking, you know, kind of the feel, the universe. I'm asking heart energy. I'm just asking source, uh, you know, for help. But so I'm all surrendered at that point. I'm all willing. I'm all in. And then it's like, I'm looking at my clock, like, okay, what's one, one second, two seconds? Okay, it's been four seconds. Okay, I got, I got, I got nothing. And right away, back, I, I cycle right back into having attention, having awareness, zip right back down to some certain circumstance or thought or feeling or narrative. And I forget again. So what I heard her say again and again um, is asking is powerful but remaining surrendered and open and just waiting. Um, and it's kind of a masterclass for me in trust. Trust it's coming. And trust it's not your timing. It's divine timing. It's the timing of the field. It's the timing of when all the other uh, component parts come together or fall apart or whatever's going on. And, and the, 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 the line that I, I hear her say as I was falling asleep last night was... Um, when we take these little baby steps, like we just stop, we just stop and realize we're caught up in some energetic uh, mind storm. And when we, when we ask for help and we open to realize in that moment, there's so much else going on that we can't possibly know about. We, it's not ours to know. We're not in charge of it. We're not orchestrating it. Surrender is not um, a spiritually clever means of control. Surrender is an absolute giving up of the I know mind, this mind that thinks it knows, this mind that's chatting away about how it should happen, what you should do, what I should do, what life should do, what the country should do, what the world should do. Um, and really, really, you know, kind of challenge myself. Do I really know any of that? Or is that all? a reflection of the past? Is that all out of a fear of kind of staying in the known? Is that all kind of this reflexive wanting to stay in a comfort zone? And what I heard her say is that that's just not where growth happens. That's not where aliveness sparks and inviting us into the right now in this moment and the scary moments after asking 
at least for me, when nothing comes and mine goes, see, see, and, and what I remember her saying something like, you know, resting, just resting is, is, is a powerful, powerful force, you know, and what, what, what we may hear is, you know, take a nap. And mine may be like, oh, I, I got to get about the doing of this. I have things to fix. I, I just asked a very powerful question. I'm, I got my pen in my hand. I'm, I'm waiting for a divine to-do list. And, and how that works is usually not that way. Um, and we've gotten this pointing from several different sources, I dare say all sources, if we really look for it, which is that the prompt that comes is not from us. It's not even necessarily for us but it's ours to do if we choose to. Um, She used the example of, you may be wondering, uh, you know, what to do about a certain relationship and if you should call or not or text or cut it off or continue it or, and and you may hear, call your sister. And mind is like, my sister doesn't have the answers, but like, who knows if in that moment, it's your, (laughs) your sister that may need a call from someone who loves her and someone who's saying, how you doing today? And who knows if that alone kind of neutralizes your own energy. I mean, I'm kind of making up a story here, but you can, it's not hard to see how diverting into a not doing, into a being with, into a love, into a connection could make me a whole lot more receptive when I've gotten tight and bunchy around some certain, um, some certain issue of the day, of the moment. Um, so uh, we don't know what it's for. We never know what it's for. We only have the opportunity to do that, which is given us in trust, in faith, that little baby step, and then truly wait for the next step, the next prompt, the next intuitive hit to come. Um, And kind of basking in not only her enthusiasm, but her living of it. You know, her, her, uh, I I loved when she said, um, you know, my life is basically a prayer. I live in this, in this question. I live in this um, and I get scared and I get worried and, I, and I, I come back to center and I, and I come back to stillness and I just sit there um, and, and allow myself to just be until I've, I'm moved by life. So uh, for me, super inspiring and um, very energizing. Thank you. I, I've, I've found um, just so many things in it that, that are sticking in my mind. And um, you know, when she gave that example, I think she called it um, inspired self-dialogues. It reminded me a lot of the practice that um, Regina got us to do during one of the gentle healing or, or maybe, you know, Regina always encourages journaling. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was it was a good reminder how she explained that process and when she talked about when I can't remember all the details but she was upset about something and the message came was it something about being at peace and she's saying oh yeah that's all very well and good but I've got my bills to pay and then she's then you know going back and journaling from the uh, from the from the higher self's point of view and then saying um yes choose peace and and this is how and it reminded me of how um you know in acim it says well well, somewhere that um the holy spirit is anything if not practical and um 
Yeah, I thought she had a lot of practical applications and examples that really helped. And one of them that I really, really related to was when she talked about, I think her mum was in New York and she was in um, Colorado and she used to worry a lot about her mum and not going to doctor's appointments. And in the end, her mum died in a car accident. So she was glad that she hadn't, her mum hadn't wasted all that time and gone through all those procedures. And it, it was so perfect hearing that for me because... I'm from Australia. My mum's there. My dad died in December. And so she's she's living alone and she's very lonely. And I've got two great sisters that are there. But I'm in Europe and it's very hard for me to get back to Australia at the moment for lots of reasons, basically because of COVID and entry restrictions. And, and it was just such a helpful example. of. And, and when she also said that... Um, you know that 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 God loves her more than she can. That then, um, and yeah, it was just very comforting to me, and it was a very good example, very close to home, because that's so true. And that I think the best thing I can do is when I think of my mum and I feel worried or I feel sad is to is to trust and to um, yeah. So I'm not being I can't explain it very well, but I, I found that a really helpful example. And also really related to when um, I think it came up something to do with maybe um, um, it was brought up as a question, but being impatient with results. And I really related to that. Um, oh, and the fantastic example she gave her with her partner of, or with anyone um, that she said, for example, if she's being, if she can be paranoid at times or something and what she wants is someone to see her as she really is. And that's what she does with her partner if there's times when... Um, I can't remember the exact words, but for health reasons, he's not at his best. But um, she chooses to remember someone, in his, in his case, him, as they really are. Um, and in general, loving people in their own way. There was that really beautiful example that came up um, with one of the questioners. And it was it was really beautiful how she she talked about that and, and not looking at the form of things, but knowing what's what's really going on. Uh, and also the other thing that was a good reminder of when you're trying to listen for guidance of, um, she said, to listen for how does the voice really feel? And that's how you know the voice that you're listening to. Uh, so that was that was another really good takeaway for me. Um, yeah, and back to the other thing I also, well, I was making notes and when she said, um, that issue of wanting to change someone in order to feel okay and that's when she also talked about it instead remembering how someone really is and I totally related to that um, and realizing that yeah you want someone to change you think it's for their good but really it's because I'm uncomfortable with something about the way that they are and I want them to change to make me feel better uh, and it was just hilarious as well I just found it so joyful and and um and such good examples so easy to understand and so practical and yeah what a great sense of humor so it was fantastic thank you for that beautiful i uh just wanted for the sake of the recording and the sake of listeners uh gentle healing is a program offered through awakening together that where we study a course in miracles the New Testament or the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament and the seven steps to awakening over a three-year period. And I just wanted to ask, could you just clarify what uh, journaling exercise you were talking about that wasn't Tana's, the ones you referred to that were Regina's? Oh, well, um, 
did it like I remember I don't know if it was in gentle healing year two but we you know you had to you didn't have to but you would um write down I can't remember the ins and outs but you know you kind of write down what you're concerned about and then you try and write um from your higher self or from you know whatever the your wisdom um perfect. does that answer your question yeah yes perfect thank you just for the purpose of the recording thank you Anyone else have anything they want to share about key takeaways? Well, I'm just going to take the two minutes then and just say that there was a, just listening to you all talk about what were key takeaways just really reminded me there was um, there was just such a gentleness and ease in the way that she was consistently reminding us that reminding me specifically that, you know, you're looking at something else and saying that's not okay. And that's what's causing you to feel that you're not okay. And it, this is a, a fairly new learning for me. Um, I, you know, just recently got clear that I don't need to change my son, that he is perfect the way he is. And so it was good for me to see that the first time I had seen him in a month since I had that clarity, the immediate thing that happened was I thought, hmm, oh, he's unhappy. I need to fix this. So how, you know, how, for me personally, how amazing is it to be reminded yet again? Oh, look, there's that. It is just a belief. It's just a belief. It's me looking out saying he needs to be different for me to be okay. And that's just not really true. So that was, uh, that was really helpful for me, <laughs> really helpful. So um, anything else that you want to share key takeaways before we move on to the next question? All right, then. Uh, our next question. So in a very sort of open way, not necessarily good or bad, um, what questions arose that maybe caused confusion or just want to dig in too deeper. I'm getting a whole lot of no response. So nobody was confused. No, exactly. Um, it was very clear. And, and I think she provided a lot of, was, you know, practical illustrations of things and humorous touches and, um, yeah, and like jargon free. So, no, I can't. I'm probably, I'd, I'd really like to listen to it again and, and perhaps go through the, <clears throat> excuse me, the transcript, but there's nothing really that, that, that sticks out for now. Just not to say that it wasn't deep, but um, no, there's, there's nothing that sticks out right now is that, that um, I was confused about, unless I'm deluding myself. Perfection. Yes, please take the mic. I, uh, you know, I don't know that I was confused, um, but uh, I noticed that when she was giving the example of um, writing, I don't know what she calls it, but when you do the writing exercise where you write from the point of view that you're kind of stuck in, that everything is not as it should be, and then you kind of turn to your, to your higher self, to your heart, um, uh, and, and 
ask, you know, what is it inspired? Inspired self dialogue. Yes. Perfect. Right. Thank you, Julie. So, so thank you. So you turn to your inspired self and I, I, it's not so much that I don't understand that. It's just that there's sometimes where the kind of the voice in the head and the feelings and kind of the, the, uh, the seeming like accompanying kind of lethargy um, just doesn't um, seem to allow, or at least I don't know how to get upright with a pen in my hand to actually go through that. And so I say it's not so much a misunderstanding because I imagine her response would be, well, then that's not the time to do it. You know, who's not happy with that? You know, if that's not available, that's not available. and so, I, you know, and kind of as she was speaking, I was kind of reflecting on the fact that, um, that that's another area to, you know, kind of double down on the permission and the gentleness. And um, if, you know, mind has an idea that journaling would be good, perhaps we ask heart, ask the inspired self, not with a pen, but just, you know, kind of in our own little hearts, in my own heart, what is it you'd have me do now? Um, and, and, you know, or, or maybe just, you know, just a prayer, I'm going to go rest. And, uh, you know, I pray that, that, um, that uh, more truth is given, more inspiration is given. Um, because to have the assignment to be go, uh, it's not an assignment, but to have the, the, the practice to be go journal with your inspired self when I can find no inspiration um, appears to be a dead end. And yet, you know, I can see how that's basically a way that, you know, I've, I've attached to, to an outcome, haven't I? I've attached to an outcome that to make this more comfortable or to make it productive or to use everything for healing, to, in the, to quote the Bible, to stay vigilant for the kingdom, you know, something wants to whip it and put a pen in my hand. And apparently that's not available right then. So um, to kind of surrender to that, to surrender to... Um, all the feelings that come with that, maybe inadequacy or maybe sadness or maybe it feels like depression and, and just trust that I don't know what anything's for and that anything has to include that. And so to just, uh, again, kind of circle back to the gentle, kind stillness, knowing that even in those moments, um, you know, our hearts are getting beaten and are we being lived by something uh, Know, much larger than us and to just kind of uh, trust but that, that that's kind of the only example that came up for me and with respect to that question thank you for that anyone else have anything that that came up for them i can tell you that there is a um the Inspired Self Dialogue itself, which is Tama's tool um, for writing with inner wisdom. I think one of the, the first times that I heard about it was um, certainly in a point where I didn't really quite trust that there was an inner voice that was not, you know, just the 17 voices that are going on at once, you know, trying to tell me what to do. Um, and so the practice of actually doing the inspired self-dialogue 
was a great preparation for um, contemplative writing, you know, to truly read teachings that were given by other teachers and or quotes or just, you know, hearing a poem even and to just sit, you know, and contemplate a poem. Um, and even to the, the point of, you know, contemplating without words, you know, just kind of sitting with what is. So uh, over time, my personal experience with that, that self-dialogue has been kind of an ever-evolving, not just journaling, turning into just kind of a way of experience life. So it's, uh, it's really pretty powerful. Um, the, but to speak to confusion, um, the thing that I noticed that there was some confusion around, especially um, last night, was this belief that whatever was happening in that room, that there was something that needed to be done about it, that there was not quite not quite enough clarity in my own mind, in my own space to even be, even feel completely and fully present. And so there were times where it was almost like I would hear what, what Tama would say, and it would just take a minute for the clouds to clear enough for me to actually understand what was happening. And the one place I noticed that for certain, um, she was referring to A Course in Miracles. And she was talking about, um, I forget exactly what part of The Course in Miracles, but there, there was a sense that I missed something really important, like, Oh wait, I think I think that they just I think she just said something that I'm supposed to be hearing. And to just be okay with that not being the case and like just relax back <laughs> and leave it alone. I, I feel like while that wasn't necessarily confusion from Tama, that was inner confusion. And I'm what I'm delighted about is to realize that that is the only place confusion ever comes from. <laughs> It's what's going on inside of here. So that was my confusion. Thank you to those who have just entered the room. If at any point you feel called to share or you would like, just feel free to pick up the mic and start talking. Just unmute yourself. Um, so before I go on to the next question, is there any anything else that anybody wanted to share either about what they took away as a key takeaway or just things that might not have been clear. Not seeing any microphones shut off. So I'm going to go into the next question. So what did you hear last night that you think you might be trying to put into practice after participating in that satsang? Please. Um, she said, you can't screw up. <laughs> um, that's something because I have a perfectionist side, not that I'm perfect in any way. Um, 
but you can't screw up and be gentle with just all my mistakes and not and be gentle with all my not meeting perfection, whatever that is. And, and also one other is um, being aware that my time and divine time are, may not be the same. And knowing that divine, having more patience for divine time rather than pushing things myself and missing the um, divine inner voice. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I love that divine time reminder. It's so easy to believe that I need to know. I think the funniest, the funniest thing I heard her share last night was there's that chapter in her book that she called the year of sleeping dangerously. I thought I would roll off my chair when she started talking about that because you know, I don't know about you guys that I get this sense of urgency around those things that I think I'm supposed to get done. And to, you know, to really just trust that there is nobody here to do it. And there is nothing here to get done. And whatever is going to happen is going to come in, in divine time anyway. And then to trust that it's also going to be perfect. Like, <laughs> What a beautiful reminder. Thank you for that. That's a, that's a great, uh, I appreciate that reference. Anyone else? Anything at all? Go ahead, please. Yeah, I, um, tr- I, I, I too kept circling back to trust. Um, I loved her answer to Uh, one of the questioners who asked a question about her son who she does not have a what she considers to be a you know a a satisfactory relationship matter of fact they don't speak much at all and there's a lot of pain around that Um, and uh, I love the answer that said you know in in our prayers in our surrender of that can can say, you know, to source, to God, to Holy Spirit, to the heart, to the universe, you know, you love him. You take care of him. He's in your care. Um, and sometimes, like, I'm so kind of out in the weeds of the practice or how it feels or how I'm going to feel soon or, or what my feeling feels like now and what that means. Like I'm so, I'm so kind of captivated by this meaning making machine of mind that I just totally forget to just, I mean, while that's important to inquire into and that's important to see and important to release there's kind of this whole other path that just says, drop all that and just get devotional. Just get very real about the fact that <laughs> source is not my source. It's not your source. It's the source. <laughs> and uh, everything and everybody has a source. Um, they just do. None of us plopped ourselves in here. Even the people that I imagine are doing it so, so well, and when I'm trapped in comparisons, they have a source. 
is the source of it all. And um, in that sense, there's always a place to go inside that says, I, I can't do this. I, I, not only do I not know how to do it, I mean, I'm willing to do anything, but I don't know how to, you know, kind of um, like, like mend uh, a relationship, you know, mend someone's, you know, really achy, achy sadness, you know, mend someone's physical illness, mend someone's suffering at all. Um, and the most powerful thing I can do is step way back and offer that up um, with the prayer, you know, you know, let us all be free of suffering and let, let us be loved. But the, but the, the more particular prayer that she offered uh, the questioner, which was, you know, you just tell God you love him. You're going to love him better than me anyway. You're the source. You love him. You care for him. I will be ready when a prompt comes. But until that time, really take a deep breath and um, just see how much trust I can get in touch with right here. Because to the extent that I can get in touch with it right here, I can hold the truth of that. I can hold their wholeness. I can know their wholeness. I can know their safety. Um, and that was just a power for, for someone who is so peppy and so funny and so entertaining and has so many practical tips. Really loved the way that she, you know, circled back on that to just kind of say that's always available because it's source. And, you know, and, and so um I just really appreciated her, you know, kind of literal demonstration of that during the satsang. Um, and uh, that was not only quite, quite moving and inspiring, but um, it felt like a message to the little doer in here. I mean, we talk about willingness and willingness is everything. And, but, you know, I can crank up the willingness and make it a doingness, the doingness of willingness. And, and there was something very gentle and self-assured, uh, and that would be a capital S, about the fact that everyone is walking the path that source has, uh, you know, kind of laid out with them, for them, as them, and and just falling back into that, you know, just kind of resting right there in that in that knowing. Please. Yeah, um, there's a few things, I think. One, um, you know what she was talking, Tama was talking about, um, I can't remember exactly the context, but she said, I'm not going to pick you up at the airport. I'm not, that's not, I would, I'm not going to pick you up at the airport in the middle of the night. That's not um, her her thing but she's that person that if you need to talk to someone in the, in the middle of the night or along those lines I thought that was a it just reminded me of um of of avoiding that sort of self-talk of of telling myself how I should be or that I should do this to help that person and and really it, I guess it is it's about listening to, to inner guidance and just being true to yourself and um and accepting that what what feels true for you to do um, is 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 the most is the most authentic response that you can have. 
I also thought it was um, a great example how she mentioned um, with her ex-boyfriend how he was the person that interest, introduced her to A Course in Miracles and how she, that attitude of that, um, was like, get that junk away from me. <laughs> and, the, you know, how would she have known at that time with that attitude that that was going to be her life's calling and what she'd be teaching for the next 30 years. And the, and the thing she said about how then after that, he, his approach was clever, not in a cunning way, but of um, teaching her principles from a, but without ramming it down her throat, without telling her what it is. And um, I, I thought... That's a good reminder to myself as well, because I can become, um, you know, when you read things or you learn things and um, you can be enthusiastic about sharing them. But but sometimes the best or usually always the best way, isn't it, is to, to teach by example or to to show something by how you live it and, and the, the peace that it brings to you. Um yeah, so they were some things um, that also jumped out at me. I'm, I'm spiralling back, but I did find one thing that, that I was confused about, and I think it was because um, Tama only talked about in passing, but it was something to do with legitimising spirituality and creativity, but it might be something that's in one of the books. Um, but I noticed that, and it, well, it jumped out at me as something that I, I'd like to hear more about. Uh, so they're the things that jump out at me for now. I think I may have caused some of that confusion in that questioning sequence because one of Tana's missions in in life is to legitimize spirituality and cre- and creativity. That is basically a sense of how how Tana believes or believes that that is how she was intended to show up in the world. Um, I think. Funny enough, for me at least, I think that is one of the reasons she feels so practical and so you know just very clear in terms of she's gotten very used to talking to people who aren't necessarily coming to her immediately because of the spiritual path. They might be coming to her for all sorts of reasons. So yeah, that, that uh, would have been nice to hear her talk more about that, but <laughs> that was my sense of it. Anyone else would like to share? Anyone else have any thoughts, comments? Just feel free to take the mic. Because if not, you know, you'll get to listen to me talk all night long. And, you know, that's never a good thing. (laughs) Well, I have to say that just listening to you all talk about what you took away, um, what I, I really do appreciate the... just the overall sense of enthusiasm and the excitement she, she shares in her life's work. It is quite contagious. It just really feels like, cause there's, there is a, you know, the confusion that arises for me in all of this is as I start to see how the self is built you know, I am teaching myself right now and I am noticing how 
this self gets built in the ego state of consciousness, what is happening in here. And for me, that literally feels like I've said this multiple times lately. And so it just really resonates for me. And it feels like dominoes being stacked. Um, each new idea about who I am. And as I start to see those dominoes, there's also this sense of, okay, probably fear is what I'm feeling, I think would probably be the most accurate assessment of it. And while I heard Tama say very clearly that um, she would never suggest someone get rid of their personal, you know, things that kind of make them who they are. There's a part of me that just is very confused by that and also feels a little um, maybe even like wishful that I could honestly dismantle it. It feels in some ways that if I were able to dismantle those dominoes, if I were able to finally just clear those dominoes away, that that part of me that worries that someone else isn't where they're supposed to be, you know, my son is angry, my mother's not having memory problems, my dad is, you know, not taking care of his health, whatever worry seems to cross my path. Part of me seems to feel like that if I would just be able to dismantle all of that personhood, that it would be almost a natural connection to be able to see then that no one needs to change because I don't have any expectations for the Rhoda person. You know, the ego state is now quiet. There's no person in here. You know, there's no one in here trying to protect my image my imagination, my image, like there's no one in here doing So if I don't have an image of myself, then why would I have an image of anyone else? And that's, for me, that is where a lot of, like, I'm, I'm still teaching myself this personhood thing it is very new to me. I, it's something I've been hearing about for a long time, but haven't actually had the direct experience of seeing, you know, in a way that has really now just sort of solidified. Yeah. So that, that happened. <laughs> and I am also aware that I have this sense, this, that I really feel called to ask if any of you are having that experience, if any of you have had that experience and how that has worked for you, this whole dismantling of the personhood thing. Did you have any sort of different feeling than what was shared last night or what I was sharing? Any different experience, any thing to add, please? Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I I get glimpses of what of what you're pointing to. Um, for me, it um, it is a, it has been a continuing um, exploration of just how much I can love what's showing up. 
just like it's showing up. Uh, that there are all manner of comparisons and judgments and, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at point A and point B would be better and how do I get there? What I can feel is when that thinking starts to permeate, I feel tired, I feel tight, I feel less enthusiastic, I feel like, oh no, I feel this whole, and that the thoughts are like, oh, you've lost it, oh, you're, you know, you were, and at that moment, or whatever moment is it's available, I can literally, I can feel that there's this bunch of thought bubbles that have almost gotten me hooked up again. Like there's a, just a little, and then I can just literally look at the whole thing and say, I used to give you, like we, we talk about with a message called a zero code, but the way it plays out for me very simply is I used to think that whole thought system was important. I thought it had value. I thought it kept me safe. I thought it got me love. I thought it could keep me liked. And I invested a lot of believing attention and listening to that. I thought it had value for me. Now I know that while some of it's still somewhat enticing <laughs> at times, it has no value. It is not real. It is not here. And it is certainly not of the heart. And so for me, there's just this turning away and sitting very quietly in as much love as I can uh, and gratitude that all that's been seen. Uh, not to get to the point of feeling better only to see from a little bit of truth that that is not truth. Um, and just that scene alone, and I just kind of hang on to that till it starts to fade. <laughs> and then I slowly back away and I turn my attention to something that, 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 that calls me, something that, um, that feels alive. Um, and so I don't know if that's, that's responsive, but that, that's what comes up with me. And that's what I feel like uh, Tama kept pointing us back to is kind of where is your vitality? Where is your aliveness? And it may be in the, uh, it may take the form of what this personality usually does, the and I know. And trust if that's what's coming up, that's what's here, that's what's moving. Um, uh, but kind of in this more, uh, less invested, more mindful, huh, I'll see when the energy runs out of this and I'm willing to stop the same way I'm willing to start. Well, we have about a minute left. If there's anything anyone else would like to share. Yes. Just a quick note to uh, what I will remember, what I will remember most about Tama is the joy this is a joy. And as someone um, who may not have tasted her, you know, pantheons of success in a, in a former life, gosh, it so resonates with me, uh, her journey of just having done a lot of really cool stuff, achieved some stuff and said, is that it? Because there wasn't the joy. There wasn't the genuineness. There wasn't the excitement. Uh, there wasn't the aliveness. And uh, she has all those things in, in spades. And so... Uh, what a joy to be in someone with with someone who is living from joy as joy in all of the realness that life brings, which looks like not joy. 
So thank you. Well, that is just a perfect way to close. Thank you very much for that. And um, I think that is it for us today. Thank you all for joining the discussion and for those who joined to listen and uh, were just in the room with us or just on the radio with us. Um, if you're interested in more information on anything uh, that was said in this podcast or the Awakening Together community, we invite you to join us at our online sectionary at awakening-together.org. That is A-W-A-K-E-N-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R.org. All are welcome and we'd love to have you. Many blessings. Have a great day. Wishing you lots of peace and love and joy.